sense, yeah, it make no sense, no, it make no sense, can't make no sense, can't make no sense, no, make no sense, young make no sense. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing a spit of the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosakis. Get a dose. 87737Grind is your number. Keeping it moving here. Uh, so we went over. So again, that's my thoughts. We'll see how it plays out. I'll let you know who I decide on, whether it's Detroit or whatever. But they're being very aggressive, and we'll get they'll be the first. Those two will be the only show on town opening that Thursday. So we'll get an early look. excuse me, at your 2023 Detroit Lions. A couple other NFL news before you go over to the NBA here shortly. You know, some college points I wanted to throw out there before we get out of here, too. Um, The Commanders has officially, I know this morning they said that the owners finally gave the official sign-off for the sale to be complete for the Commanders because we talked about this about a month or so ago. I told you that really – what was kind of holding this up was really going back and looking at this particular individual. What's my man's name again? Uh, Josh Harris. Josh Harris, looking at his financials and looking at basically can he, you know, absorb and you've got to have some real liquidated cash and assets on hand. Can't all be tied up in assets when it comes to, you know, day-to-day operations running an NFL team. It's very expensive, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about just a signing bonus. I'm talking about payroll concessions people secretaries like you got to show and i think that had a lot to do to hold this up but evidently the owners um feel okay and you're telling me it's just come down the wire that it's officially done now right it's officially official um in a statement uh commissioner uh roger goodell said congratulations to josh harris and his impressive group of partners Josh will be a great addition to the NFL. He has a remarkable record in business, sports, and in his communities. The diverse group that Josh has put together is outstanding for its business acumen and strong Washington ties, and we welcome them to the NFL as well. Um, yeah, and you know what? It's Again, I said it then, and I'll say it now, especially since it's official. Um you got to really be – you know, I'm happy and excited for the diehard Washington fans. I'm talking about the ones that go back um, to whether it's Joe Gibb days, uh, you know, through some of those early struggles, through hiring Steve Spurrier, all of the craziness that even went on under Daniel Snyder. And really, the last, I would say, decade has really just been about more in the news for that franchise for off-the-field scandal, whether it was the cheerleader scandal, whether it was the name change, um, anything. And you just have to really, if you're a football fan, and like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of the Shield. And you really have to be happy for a fan base uh, that gets new ownership, uh, that has been successful owning some other professional teams. Because uh, he's the same one that owns the New Jersey Devils, right? Uh, uh, yep, and the 76ers. 76ers. He's got some Premier League, uh, partial owner in Joe Gibbs' racing team. Yeah. Um, so well, see, and, there you go. And, I mean, I didn't know that. you also got the fact, too. That uh, you know he has Maryland ties. Well, there you see. I didn't. I'm glad you educated me because I didn't know that he had a relationship with Gibbs and he came from Maryland ties. And that even look up. Can you imagine a dream come true? Like you grow up rooting for a team in your hometown, and you go off to do things that make you very wealthy and successful, and you and you get to own. You're pretty much the team you grew up rooting for. That has to be a hell of a feeling. 
I mean, if you really think it and put it in perspective now, and again, he owns the New Jersey Devils, the Philadelphia said, I guarantee you nothing felt good but getting that hand and that, that sign-off this morning or hours ago to sit there and say, this is different. This is different. And don't be surprised if you, if, if he would, if you hear about him selling off some of his shares on these other teams as well, too in regards to put all his efforts and his resources into the Washington Commanders. Don't, don't, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but if you get an emotional tie to something and you're talking about you got that kind of money and you start looking to sit there and spread thin and, and look, we're in a, everybody knows we're in an unstable economy here for the next, uh, for who knows, for the next 12 to 18 months, 24 months, you, have to, you might have to make some decisions like where am I going to put really all my resources to? And like I said, it is not cheap. Even for a billionaire, a guy that's worth billions in assets to run a National Football League team on day-to-day day, day day expenses. What do you got? Well, his net worth is valued at $5.8 billion, But don't forget that one of the things that this was tied up into is because along with Magic Johnson, uh, there are a total of 20 partners in right. this. So it's not just one guy's wallet. It's not just one family's wallet like right. it was with the Snyder family. Uh, this You have the opportunity to pool. You know, here so it's not going to be just about one guy. He had to get his finances in order um, because he did that and then got his debt, the, you know, his cumulative debt down below this 1.1 billion dollar ceiling that the NFL requires, uh, according you know through ESPN's reporting today. Um, because he's been able to do that without selling the other shares, to my knowledge. Um, I don't think he's going to have to, and and the NFL operates with the cap. Now it is one of the Cronkies, you know, bread and butter. His his secret weapon is the fact that he can pay liquid cash. Well, I think well when you talk about the Magic Johnson, and first of all, let's make no mistake about it. I mean, Magic is a hell of a addition as almost used in some of these big buys as possibly being just a guy that gives you some backing. Hood ornament, the name of it, standby. Look, this young, this older man, this billionaire. Yes, he's got twenty people that's got minority stake in this, and he's got a board or whatever. But the NFL is holding his ass accountable. You're the majority owner. <laughs> the money he had to pull together. Let me tell you how these things work. The money that he had to pull together and the finances that came from assets in his name. You can have because first of all, I think the NFL has a rule you can cap it out normally because they're making an exception because normally they don't really like no more than ten people in your group. That's what I've heard. Ten to fifteen, they made yeah, some the exceptions. Cap is twenty five, right? And they they're they're flirting with this because this is normally more and than what they're at they twenty. At 20. And, they're, and and I remember reading about this a month ago or so that normally this kind of even makes them easy because again, it's obvious the more people you need on your board, the more need help. But the bottom line is, you can have board members and all that. That money is coming. He's got to know that he can secure that. They ain't going to go after Magic. They ain't going after whoever else is on that 18 board. Probably got a cousin under there. You know, they, it, it keeps in the family. That's how the wealthy gets what they keep, and they pass it on to something like this. You know, Rockefeller, you know, all that kind of stuff, the Trump brand. And when, when people talk about the impact of slavery, like, well, what the hell are y'all still thinking about slavery? You weren't a slave. 400 years. You think anything was passed down? Was any Rockefeller? No. Just thought I'd get you educated. I know we're not even to February yet, but Jonas gave us one black history fact in February, so it gave me something to go ahead and parlay. Maybe we get in July. Anyway, back to the situation at hand. There's, out of that board members down there, there's probably like a cousin there, this and this. The closest thing I say, you know what's so messed up talking about people? You know, um, 
Diddy, Sean Combs. I never forget. For y'all that don't know, and people don't even care about this, but you know, it was a rap group called the Locks that was made up of three gentlemen, and they went through a dispute. Everybody knows who P Diddy is. They they went through a dispute with P Diddy over their publishing rights. And on one of their first albums that they did under Bad Boy at the time, they didn't know nothing about publishing. You know, three cats out of Yonkers, New York, discovered by Mary J. Y'all know who Mary J. Blige is. But they didn't know what they're publishing. They didn't know. And you know what? P. Diddy, if you go look at their first album, they on the publishing, was back in the day when you actually had to go to Sound Warehouse, Sam Goody, a place like that to actually buy albums and CDs that you couldn't really just download. You and People would go and you have the artwork and you would have all the list of the credits. Pete, at that time, when you looked at that, he put Justin Combs. His kid was like three years old at the time, four years. He put his name under the publishing on that. And, and the reason why I'm bringing that up, because it just lets you know, like, the mindset of how when you get to a certain level, like, those 20 board members, half of those are guys that's probably on his other board, people he knows that's went into him on some investments, some other stuff like that. It's just crazy. Only in America. Only in America. You know, I was watching that Madoff documentary. I've told y'all about this, and I and I don't want to spoil it for everybody because it's everybody feels. You know, I've known a lot about Madoff, but I, I found some stuff in there. When I say only in America, it makes me think of this part in in there where they're talking about the guy who got appointed, who got hired by the government, and got appointed to figure out and try to go retrieve as much assets and money they could after all these people that were involved in this Ponzi scheme that got money, that got money taken from him. I mean, of course, you got, because remember the McCourts, I think, that owned the Mets. I remember that because I remember talking about this. They they got caught up in it. You had some other big names. Those are never the people that I felt that sorry for. You know, it, it's always the, the, you know, the, the elderly family or somebody that saved 500000 the 401k, 600 700 even a million and say, hey, this is my life savings, but I'm going to put it in with this guy. But that's just awful. Like, you can be a shady individual there's levels to everything but to do that and be i've always that's just that's beyond just belief but anyway the guy the government hired to go after this money after bernie been sentenced to 120 80 years in jail after all this stuff they had to hire somebody to be part of this whole we're gonna go after asset we're gonna get the family we're gonna look at the kids we're gonna look at this so the crazy thing about it is they, the only way that he could recoup a lot of this money, he did a hell of a job. The only way he could recoup most of his money, he had to end up going and suing the individuals who end up making more in returns out of this Ponzi scheme than they were supposed to. He had to go after those people and sue. So think about it. You were a victim twice. You didn't got screwed by this dude, Bernie. And not only that, now you've got the government coming like, we're going to sue you because we need some of that money back. Well, hell, I spent the money because I thought everything was legit. But that's the only way that he could help the whole over. But let me get to my only in America part, the why this is even bringing this up. Do you understand there's still litigation that goes on? I mean, Bernie died a few years back. I think he died in jail of cancer or something like that, but he died a few years back. The wife just has nothing. But so there's still litigation going on. Do you know that his firm and his company that took on this job that won this? Do you understand that he generates about a billion dollars a year that they pay him to manage? This is how we're talking about the biggest Ponzi scheme of all time. I think until they start digging into this uh, crypto FTX, is that what it was? Whatever. 
what yeah, was it? The FTX. F- yeah. FTX, which, you know, we never talked about. Tom lost $30 million on that. Now, before I get to that, and this is strictly Tigger Freestyle. This wasn't on the this wasn't on the docket, but you know, it's July. I'm just going and rambling here. But I will tell you this. Before I get to that part about Tom, think about that. You got you want a gig to get hired to do something that's very like gut rich because you got to go after families you know that you have but you got it he collected i think about he ended up collecting 400 million well, it was more than they thought he was going to be able to go get but he's over that account he's over all the litigation and lawsuits that still that he's taken over the bernie estate a billion dollars he generates for his company off that off of original crime and ponzi scheme only at, don king didn't say it just for the hell of it folks only in america only in america now that 30 million tom loss Look, I don't care how much money you got. Tom, and and that's probably the reason you see Tom out and the all-white party at, you know, uh, the Hamptons and all that and drinking. 30 million, he feeling that. That hurts. That FTX. But when that dude goes to trial, they might be peeling out. Because I think when they all said it done, Bernie ended at 64 and some change or 67 billion worth of Ponzi, of skate money. And he started legit, just didn't know when to quit. Shouldn't listen to Hammer. But go see the documentary, though, when you get a chance, until football season starts. Because if you listen to this show, you know when football season starts, everybody's time gets, you know, that's all it is, 24-7 for the most part. But, yeah, only in America. Now, where were we on the sports board? How did we even get to uh, that The point? Commanders got sold today. Yeah, there you go. So congratulations to <laughs> <laughs> congratulations to the Commanders. Uh, fans out there it's nothing like new ownership uh in regards to especially if you've just been in the dumps and washington's been in the dumps a long long time uh but i'm happy for them so what do you got so with this uh, officially beyond them the nfl there's still lawsuits pending uh, do, are we going to see this now take place in the background because it's no longer washington football team or you know the washington commander's owner dan snyder lawsuit it's now Dan Snyder, former owner, and you're dealing with all of the, the emails and the John Gruden, and he's still trying to work his way in the NFL again. But is it all about now does this fall off of the NFL.com ticker? In regards to all the litigation and, uh, stuff that has uh, to still yes, go on? regarding Snyder himself. No, I don't think so. I mean, he's too big of a figure. I mean, we'll, I mean, if NFL.com don't cover it, CNN, every, but the real news will cover it. I mean, he's, he's, we're going to find out some stuff that he's caught up in. And the, and the crazy thing, which, which I didn't feel like it was worthy, worthy of adding on the docket over the last few days or weeks, but crazy is the fact that those John Gruden emails – that Snyder thought or his buddies up there thought it was cute to go in and leak. That's really what ended up biting him in the ass when they started digging and they started looking around and all that. And that's the reason why. So it's only going to be the tip of the iceberg of what we find out what Snyder's in. But you know what? Whatever problems he's in, 6.6 billion, what was it? 6.4? It'll help you out. It'll help you out. 6.05. 6.05. Okay, so whoever coming after Daniel Snyder, he can sit there and say, not in my small town, not in my town, with $6.4 billion. They treated Cheryl Crow so wrong when she tried to come out yesterday to try to, they has, come on, that's Cheryl Crow. But I said I was going to save it Friday. Save it for tomorrow, my take on that. 
But moving to college a little bit um, from the NFL, real quick, Northwestern is opening up another investigation on their sexual, uh, you know, uh, campus sexual assault scandal on campus that cost Pat Fitzgerald his job. Um, what this tells me is that there is more people, former players probably have stepped forward. And number two, it kind of smells that they rushed through the first investigation too fast. They rushed too fast through the first investigation, and there's probably some more developments. In, and again, it goes back to what I said. You know, I've had I've had respect for Pat Fitzgerald, but I think he's totally, totally lying that he had no idea that this was going on. So if they're doing a second investigation, then there's other former players who have stepped up. And I'm hearing the words like it ran rampant. Okay. And then, you know, I've got something, you know, the way this plays out, it's going to tell us a lot. And there's one question I want to know, and I'll ask that when we get back. But you listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we have been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be presented and sponsored by Zing Zang. All right, keep in mind, Zing Zang, there's... Also, Zing Zang comes in all different flavors, all right? Keep in mind, they have their blazing new Bloody Mary mix of Zing Zang mix. Make sure you go try that out. It's always uh, Zing Zang with Zing Zang. But also, keep in mind, though, make sure you always Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right. So, before we get out of here... Um, 
Trent Locke was checking in with this. He said, God bless America. Calvin allows only in America. Yeah, man. I mean, come on. This company, this guy, the day he got to do this with Madoff, he get, he's making a billion dollars just for his company managing these estates and dealing with all this litigation. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, all right, college. Uh, also, I know we were talking about the Northwestern thing before we went to break. We'll see how those details come out. The, the question I had when I was going to break, I said I had a question I wanted to ask when, when we came back. The question I have regarding this and what's going to be interesting Depending on what comes out of this investigation of Northwestern, and, and I'm pretty sure that I can't imagine Pat Fitzgerald is the only one that's going to take the fall for this, If how bad it is. Because remember, you know, I'm not comparing the two, but remember, it was a clean sweep at Penn State. Okay. Um, it just when you talk about sexual assault, it's just going to depends on what are we talking about that possibly if it's that bad and it's needing a second, you know, investigation you would think there's going to be some more heads that roll besides Pat Fitzgerald. But my question is, if this, if they keep investigating this and just horrible things come out and it just becomes very hard for people that even want to give Pat Fitzgerald, who has been part of this football program as a player and a coach for 26 years, that's 26 last football season in Northwestern he's been involved in as a player and now a coach. The question I have, if more details come out, that is very hard to believe him that he had no knowledge of this was going on under his nose on campus. The question I have, and the million-dollar question is, does he get another Division I coaching opportunity? Because the crazy thing about it is, is that, you know, um, And I said this when we've talked about this is like you go to the Maryland situation. It's like no one learned from that. And to me, the other thing that comes to my mind and I've already talked, you know, didn't bring this up, but I didn't want to just I just wanted to put that out there and say, like, hey, just think about that. Is he going to get another job? But the other aspect of this is. Um, you know, anytime that you like again talk about sexual assault and anything in regards to that and you and you're talking about something that's on campus and something that what ex players are talking about in regarding to well it was because if they were lazy in practice or we thought they wasn't that good or they wasn't hustling according to the first early the first few whistleblowers getting so sick of that word by the way here on every news channel whistleblower RS whistleblower Those are things that I believe, in my opinion, that are hard to do to come back from. I mean, you can come back from recruiting violations, you know, whatever. But when you're talking about sexual abuse on a campus and that went under your watch, depending on what this investigation, that's going to be hard to come back from. And the one other thing that I will say and leave it this to and I'll keep saying it. And not that I'm, you know, telling you that this is what they should do. But it just comes down to that. We know the NCAA is totally different. We know the NCAA is leaning on Jesus. It's like an ICU. It's about to just blow up here any year or two now. We're going to have a whole different thing. But the truth of the matter is the NCAA, I wish they, as long as they're existing, I wish they would just come out and say there's no thing, no such thing anymore 
as the death penalty. Because we've seen some crazy things happen over the years, whether you want to talk about the Penn State thing, whether you want to talk about the Maryland thing, and now depending on how deep this goes, if there was anything, I mean, you talk about what SMU got it for. Yes, they were the Pony Express, they were cheating, it was even getting to government officials, money, paying on payroll. Okay, but I would still tell you, compared to what we've seen in the last 10 to 15 years and some of the scandals in college football, and now we're talking about in the last 15 years, we could have two, including Penn State and now Northwestern, two big sexual assault scandals. And last week, but it's never been used. So that's just my whole thing with that. I wish they would just come out and say we no longer have that because they've never used it. And I'm not saying they should, but in certain cases, they might have to. But the reason why they don't is because they seen what happened to SMU and what it did to them. And they technically, in some people's opinion, never did recover from that still. 877-37-GRIND. Also, college-wise, um, Paul Feinbaum is AK known as the mouth of the South. Uh, he made his name to fame. He's covered the SEC in college football, but he's really named his, you know, name to fame in regards to a radio show that he hosted that covered pretty much that's in markets of pretty much the whole. I mean, it's pretty much almost a national syndicate show, but really, it's really all in the mouth of the the SEC territory. So his 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 word and what he says and his callers, because remember, this is the same guy that the Harvey Weindyke or whatever the hell his name was that called this his show years ago and say, hey, I poisoned them trees, them tombs corner, whatever they call it in Auburn. Yeah, because they put Scam Newton's jersey on Bears, you know, all oh, called it. He served time. He did it on Paul's show. There's all Phyllis. I think her name's Phyllis. She went national because she was a caller with the, you know, the traditional. Like, if you look at what people think an Alabama fan looks like, you look and listen to Phyllis. I mean, that's just played in it. It kind of helped Paul blow up his stick, his show. So, but he has a lot of his, his, you know, his voice carries a lot of weight to college football and the SEC. Well, it's media, you know, it's media week for SEC media week. And, um, He's doing his do uh, his duties for the four letter network, and he goes out and he says that he feels that Kirby Smart is the best coach in college football now. It's not Nick Saban. I'm sorry. I mean, first of all, look. I said this weeks ago, but I'm gonna because of this. I'm gonna tell you, look. We went through this with Clemson. After back to after two out of three national titles, beating Alabama twice for those national titles, we thought Kirby, I mean, excuse me, Kirby, but we thought that Dabo Sweeney was about to have pizza parties after pizza party victories and build a dynasty, and there you go. And just on yesterday's show, I told you that's one story that's flying under the radar in college because we're talking NIL. We've got Dion and 70-some transfer portal kids. We've got Alabama's quarterback competition. we got Georgia. Can they go for the three-peat? Clemson is getting to fly under the radar, which basically I haven't looked all at the ACC, but most likely it's going to come down to the Clemson and Florida State game once again, who's going to win the ACC. But – the point is, that's flying on the radar. I've been through this with Clemson. Now, with that said, I've also said because Kirby has the blueprint and he's almost perfecting it in Georgia, 
this is going to have some staying power. But but what is Paul fine by to sit there and say because of two back-to-back titles, because of recruiting classes, and you beat Alabama on the way to that. I mean, Alabama beat them before they got over the hump. This is one of those, and and I told myself no matter how big or small that I got in regards to doing this show, being his profession, I will never, ever. I know I say some crazy stuff sometimes. I know I say some stuff that y'all don't even understand what I'm saying. Because when you go and look in a dictionary, it's not there. But I told myself I would never say anything for shock value. Shock jock radio. I'm never going to say anything to try to guard ratings, the trend. To get, I'm not just not. I've never been about that. And I think Paul is better than that. I think he's respect. He's got skins in the game for that. I respect Paul. But honestly, with all due respect, this is a take. It is July. It's slow. It is what it is. I want, I've got to trend. See, when you work for sometimes those big companies, you got to do whatever you can to keep your name out there and trend. And, and if that means losing some credibility, that's the game. You cannot tell me the guy that basically that studied under Nick Saban because he's won two national championships back to back and he's had a heck of a recruiting class. He's been a lot of guys pros. You can't tell me that automatically that he is the better coach than Nick Saban. I'm sorry, Nick Saban, we're talking about what? This has been what, a 13, 15 year run? I mean, if you if you go back, what year was that? What year was the Texas and Alabama national championship game? Is it 2010 or 2009? Right around that time. So if you want to take it from that to where we're at right now, that that's really his run. From that starting right there to where they're still going right now, you can't sit there and tell me that basically, and it doesn't matter whether his recruiting class is down or whatever, because you got to also think it's the same thing. And, and regardless if I, you know, like Nick Saban, I've got rooting interest in that program, I would still tell you the same thing is to the fact that where I've always said, like, you it's about longevity it's about how many times and can you keep doing this and and also it's the same way i put like the tiger woods effect a lot of these rules and a lot of this stuff has done to try to make college football more of a parody sport because you got tired of seeing the final four the same final the two out of fours clemson alabama or ohio state i mean and i get it but a lot of these rules from the nil to um transfer portals a lot of that stuff i put on the same scale as augusta linking the golf course after the master after the 97 masters adding more trees the equipment change because we had this guy by nine tiger well how are we gonna make it competitive how are we gonna even it up a lot of this college stuff has been geared to be because you know what we've got to change it up because again this guy is stacking three to four, five-star, four-star players deep. And I'm the first one to tell you, those days are over for Alabama. They're not going to be, with the NIL and transfer portal, all that, they're never going to be three to four, five-star players deep anymore. they still going to get talent. they still going to have some talent and a little bit of depth. They ain't going to be that deep because the landscape has changed. But look at all that that has had to happen for the gap to be closing with Nick in Alabama. totally off his rocker and i've got respect for paul but that was totally based off that's crazy and i don't even think paul believes that 
to be honest with you. And there is some history between Paul and Nick. I mean, there is. I mean, that's not the first. I think that's one of the most outlandish things he's ever said about Nick Saban. But there's been some things that him and Nick has had to cross and pass on because Paul has said, but this one takes the cake. And I and I and, I, and, and right now, Kirby's one of the best college coaches, but he's all of a sudden better than the GOAT. The guy that he understudied for for over a decade. Luke Skywalker was never better than Yoda. Never. What's going to happen? What you got? One of the things in Feinbaum's uh, piece they talked about was the uh, if 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 Georgia can three peat. Okay, so if Georgia can three peat, and in doing so, you know they take down Alabama on the way, whether it's just coming out of you know the the SEC championship, or you know maybe they've played in the in the playoff, or the national championship game. If if Kirby can lead Georgia to three, what does that mean for his legacy? And he's also saying that it has, that it would take a big hit to Saban's legacy. I don't think that Saban's legacy would take a big hit, mm. but what does it say for Kirby Smart then at that point if see, he three piece? See, and I'm glad you read that because I didn't even that part didn't even come across my radar about a hit to Nick Saban's legacy. Paul been listening too much hip hop lately. He, he he taking the crabs and the bucket mentality his own self. He, he been hanging around maybe too many brothers of us basically pulling each other down. Like how does that how does that take away from just because if he if he three peats four peats four out of the next six how does that change what Nick Saban's done over the course of the last 15, 20 years even going back to LSU that's crazy and and honestly I didn't know that part but that lets you know it's personal with him and and Nick he he won't admit it. He'll sit there and deny it publicly to your face or whatever. But that right there to say, okay, fine. Your opinion, if if if, if Kirby speaking of Paul, Kirby three peats, we gotta have some conversations. I think he might be the whatever. Okay, even though I think that's crazy and asinine, but you know what? But you're gonna go a little step further and say it kinda we gotta reevaluate Nick's legacy and it takes Nick's takes a hit. That's crazy. That that lets you know it's personal. And that kind of stuff is what pisses players and coaches off, and that's why they hate the media, certain people in the media, because when you make it personal and they know it. Now, to answer your question, what does that do for Kirby? I would sit there and say it definitely puts him officially at the big boy table where if there's anything big going in college, Kirby's got to say so in it, just like they go to Nick. Just I mean, Bob Stoops was one of those. Mac Brown ain't won, he won one national title. He coaches in North Carolina. When there's big decisions about this, if if there's ever a big decision, they got to come to parties about the NIL or anything, Mac Brown's going to be on that phone call because he's respected. And he's only got one national title. So Kirby gets into that category. There's only about five or six or seven of them. Dabo's in there. Nick's in there. Um, like I said, um, Mac Brown's in there. And that's just off of respect and tenure, but Mac Brown's in there. Um, who else would probably be? Bob Stoops used to be in there, but he, he stopped coaching. But my point is, it gets him, he's on the right trajectory, and it's like, wow, let's see how long this lasts. That's about it. But is it sit there and say, oh, well, you know what? Nick's, Nick's, Nick's not really good. Nick was a fraud. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's, that, that's two things with that. That's trending, trying to trend when it's slow in the summer, and that's personal. Real quick, before we get out of here as well, too, um, 
switching gears to the NBA, uh, Draymond Green uh, had two hot takes, I guess. I mean, one of them, you know, he had basically claimed he doesn't punch anybody for a reason, just for no reason. I know there's rumors out there supposedly what this fight was over. Uh, but the main thing is, is that did we find I heard Jordan Poole because he's talking about the Jordan Poole incident because he was I don't know if it was on his podcast his show he's got. I don't know, but he was talking about I don't just punch people for any reason. But what I haven't heard, I know Jordan Poole responded. But did you did you have you found out exactly what Jordan Poole's response was to this? Uh, Jordan Poole's response came from Instagram. Okay. Inciting the Warriors talk on IG, on uh, Twitter. Uh, Jordan Poole had posted to his IG talk of the topic, find you a hobby, um, quoting lyrics. Um, he also said, uh, typed on the screen, uh, came from the bottom, now the fans, they spot him, whoa, whoa. And then it's talk of the topic, find you a hobby. Well, first of all, it's kind of corny for that Jordan Poole response. He showed how corny he was to me from afar this whole season. Uh, but really for Draymond saying that and Jordan responding, that'll let you know exactly why they won like three games all year on the road. And that was hard to overcome, and there was no back-to-back coming in this one. Um, doesn't mean they're going to get back on the winning train next year, but that just shows you how toxic and bad that was. Another quick thing he just basically talked about, I give him credit for, about the CP3 thing. He just said, hey, man, just because he's my teammate, I have said before I don't really like Chris Paul, but I'm looking to, looking forward to sit down as man-to-man. Just because he comes my teammate doesn't mean all of a sudden that's gone. I respect that because there's a lot of guys like, oh, he's a teammate now. But either Draymond's keeping that real. And last one, Shelby's checking in. It says, is Bill Belichick better than Parcells? And Shelby, I would say in the eyes of everything with the trophies, they would think so, but I would tell you no because Bill has different places. I mean, he won the Super Bowl once with the Giants, but he has the Jets. He has the Cal. He has different places we've seen him go. Bill hasn't that. And again, he taught, he learned under Bill, and Yoda was never better than Luke Skywalker. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Lubbock, Abilene, people up at Tyler, people up in Shot City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button, for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grinding. Peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to saving.
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.